0: Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast. All things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric. With me is my co-host, Robert. Hi. And we're laying down a whole bunch of new information as well as uh, the latest information from Warhammer Fest. So we have a uh, great cross-section of the top competitive lists that are currently in 9th edition. We've got some preview action, both of us. Yeah, we are up till uh, 1 a.m., a local time here to watch it live and we'll have our reactions to that but the real news yeah the real news came after save that for the end plus of course there are the warcom community let's get to the tournament action we are a tournament podcast after all and uh let's talk about the uh the top players at- so to give all of you a scope
1: of exactly how many people were there uh there were 60 people
0: that signed up for this and that's huge way. So that isn't about a small country or making it's just their infrastructure if you've never been there. They don't have a lot of large space and seeing the pictures from Warhammer Fest, they did a really nice job of getting everything up and running and and there was a couple
1: of legitimate drone shots
0: of them flying over the
1: event space. It looks like a space was set up using a sec- effectively a, a soccer field inside of a tent is the best way i could describe it because i've seen some tents and stuff like that before put over soccer fields to help create some shade when they're not in use so the grass doesn't die and stuff and that's the closest thing i could think of but it was if a drone is high enough to fly and i can still see like 20 plus tables in the frame that's a lot of spe-
0: a pretty good um setup and all that and quite not the other uh, areas it wasn't just 40k been the other games going so sigmar uh horse heresy blood lot going pretty big event but like and it was
1: definitely if it's something that i could have afforded to go to aka even remembered it was happening oh yeah it would have been the greatest thing ever to <laughs> fly over to england suffer from jet lag for an entire weekend and then come back with a whole bunch of stuff that I would have no idea how to talk about.
0: No, I agree with you. Previous versions were usually at Warhammer World in uh, back in the day. I now give you give you an idea. Everybody talks about the the badge. Give you an idea. They were selling for the next Codex. First time the Necron. You could buy a T-shirt. You could not buy the Codex. It was not available. They wouldn't even acknowledge that the Codex. We have these Necron to like.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes me chuckle because there's a there's a person that I've seen around at work who looks like he has one of those t-shirts for the tyranids codex it's very old very cartoony looking i don't know his name i haven't talked to him yet because we don't work together that often and it's a all right he's just the guy with the tyranid shirt
0: <laughs> you never know so yeah just interesting how open they were with the pictures and and really it's an interesting envelope because that's really you know back in the early websites kind of ambushed uh games workshop so it used to be Games Day was the big deal. Block to get the white dwarf was up, and uh, they show now there's a guy with day. And It's like, well, I don't need the white dwarf now. I've, I've and so then, now, what they're doing with this particular event is, bring your digital camera. We're going to show you all tell your friend. And certain friends who have a much wider radius, uh, what for that in greater detail. But first, yeah, let's get back to the top five um, at this particular event. And I'm wary of. Uh, which factions are actually quite uh, messed up? Yep. So, <clears throat> in
1: fifth place we have Boris Mitchev. He was playing World Eaters, which World Eaters have so are, have a custodian issue where they don't have a lot of unit choices. So expect duplicates. And looking at this entire list, there's Flying Cow, there's Normal Cow, there's a Master of Executions, Lord Invocatus and on Jug Jugger- and Lord on Juggernaut for those that aren't aware of the flying cow joke. And then one, three, four units of Berserkers, all the same exact loadout, which looks like, yep, five body strong. And then one, two, three units of 8-Bound, one, two, three units of Exalted, 8-Bound, spawn, 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 Rhino, Rhino. So no big guy in the list, but yeah, if this list touches anything, it's going to explode in a puddle of blood if it didn't already do that. right? (laughs) Which, yeah, that's just good old world leaders we run screaming at your face yep. and in fourth place we have Brian seep or Sape. hopefully it's safe because it's ei uh he came in fourth place with craft worlds the masterful shots and swift strikes combination nothing super out of the ordinary here baharoth a lot of aspect warriors and then a patrol of harlequins so kind of the tried and true craft worlds that we've seen the last half of the edition here and manichi and manichima came in third with dark angel and i think eric found the one hiccup in his list and that was a blade guard fetch which was different than the i'm assuming like 15 desolation marines that were yeah there. it was and interesting oh
0: that's okay the is actually the primary okay
1: so yep actually looking them up and finding them because i don't want to be wrong <laughs> um yep, librarian bike chaplain ancient three units of blade guard veterans i actually i thought it was only one and then command squad Brick Terminators, Brick Terminators, Apothecary, Ravenwing Wing Champion, Attackback squads, and Eric, we were both wrong. Manny Good. Shima does not have any
0: Desolation. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know for a little while Manny had been rocking a lot of Desolator Marines because Dark Angels, plus really long range, plus not no line of sight, basically makes them the planet. So he looked like looked like he had opted to go back to nigh unkillable Terminator and or Bladeguard veterans. Because in this version he's bringing five, ten,
0: sixteen blade guard plus a blade guardian. Pretty rock hard list. So even after the uh, balance data slate change.
1: Yeah. So at that, oh, actually, looking closer at it, it's not pure dark angels. It's the successor chapter of dark stalwart and world wind of rage. So super scary in melee, obvious in rage. I'm not sure what stalwart does. So yeah, the, <laughs> that kind of took. Both of us by surprise because all we've ever heard about is Dark Angels' Desolation. So I'll probably look up what Stalwart does later because that's a, that's a head scratcher. And in second place, we have Josh Roberts coming in with Space Wolf Successors. Why, it seems like a whole bunch of successor chapters with Whirlwind or Vage just kind of exist. Yeah. Are they sharing a book? <laughs> is it the same lesson plan? I don't know. They do share a father. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's the same lesson plan. <laughs> but. It, from what eric was saying when he looked at this list earlier it's very much kind of the same idea there's a lot of the same will same a lot of wolf guard with mixed in with mixed weapons pack leaders with meltas and power fists uh 10 wolfen five incursors cursors to make the speed bump a lot of sky claws there's the death leader. he took a unit of 10 of them well, of nine of them and then two units I guess he That's- didn't want to bring only long things
0: Probably not. But the funny part is, Josh, what's old is what's. Hey, hey, hey! New Tomb King stuff. <laughs> oh wait, don't try. Okay, we might as well bring <laughs> it up now. So yes, the our inboxes have been flooded by like who triggered Eric last week. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, I just want to assure everyone we try to be as professional as possible on the podcast. So when we do have a break in decorum, yeah, it's actually how I feel. And it did not do it for ratings uh podcast. Flipping to get but yeah, I really don't like Warhammer Fantasy and I could care less about the old further accentuated my uh, point, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed my uh, <laughs> my inbox nonstop.
1: So the um the one thing I will say is
0: I'm pretty sure the internet had the
1: same reaction that every single old time sisters player did when they released that new- sisters were getting and they weren't tiny little fragile resin. People probably lost their minds over the release of the new Tomb Kings coming out, but we can we don't have to talk about that now because that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about how David Gaylard won Warhammer Fest with Death Watch.
0: Death Watch? The internet's going to break. Death Watch is the worst faction. Oops, Daisy is actually Imperial Guard. <laughs> oh, yes. But it's an interesting Imperial Guard.
1: Yeah, it's looking through it before we started recording tonight. It's kind of the tried and true of actually regimental doctrine is armored superiority and swift as the wind, which I, I taking those two replaces born soldiers, doesn't it? Correct. Okay, so yeah, that's probably why it's different. He the the change to the strat probably nerfed born soldiers in um a little less overpoweredness. So he brings two command man squads, both are filled to the brim with attachés and a Ogryn Bodyguard. And then he brought Mr. Leontis, our favorite stupid guy on a horse, which, again, why Why would you ride a horse into battle when you could ride a tank playing a saxophone? And then Troops is the good old classic four units of Canadian Shock Troops with auto guns, melted guns, plasma guns, and voxcasters kind of floating around in there. And then the Elites, we have a surprise, Sly Marbo, <laughs> a whopping 50 points for the man that canonically terrifies me for he chased around my my Necron Overlord in 8th edition for three rounds and wouldn't die. <laughs> and we have three what looks like identical units of Tempestus Scions. That's not something that you would see now. And in Fast Attack, we have two units of Armored and one unit of Scout Sentinels, all three bodies strong. One of them could not. One of them left their chainsaw at home. And then we have a single Rogaldorn battle tank and we have two chimeras a, a whopping eight command points <laughs> to start the game no never mind it's, yeah eight command points to start and then he goes down to something like four <laughs> yeah because he only spends four on the 2k that's still four command points that's a lot
0: <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot In the arc especially access to certain strategies fire so yep uh so congratulations there mr gailard so for taking the top spot yep and i know
1: for a fact that i we had a wonderful time chatting with Vic Vijay back in, back towards I think it was like November with the Lyndon Grant with the Lind, uh, yeah, London GTU. And he was a pleasure to chat with. I'm glad I got to actually run into him at LVO, so it would definitely be a pleasure to talk with David as well at some point if that is ever a possibility
0: forward to that as well i'm sorry i'm evict a quick rundown to some other popular uh did well at this particular tournament uh sixth place in as well uh nathan roberts that is the brother of josh roberts coming in ninth. alex harrison in 12 sean uh, matt robertson in 21st second congratulations to all the players
1: yep and before we pop over into the 10th edition chatter because that's a big thing right nowadays we are going to come back home and talk about our 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 local league if you don't mind eric sure let's talk about that so we did have our finals of the local league just last saturday and it was a blast i i rolled up at old world games in scottsdale for round one paired into necrons uh yeah i i lost in like 30 or 45 minutes or something 23 to 100 no big deal (laughs) whoop-de-diddly-doo I got eaten by score pack destroyers. It's fine. Uh, And then, yeah, the last two rounds, I had a really close game with World Eaters with our local friend, Mark Whitaker. And then game three, I had a great game in Dark Eldar from a local player by the name of Justin. But we have our first ever three-time repeat winner of Daniel Olivis with some version of Eldar. <laughs> and the leagues like this are a great way for people to get into 40k because we welcome a lot of new players like justin has only been playing for a little over almost a year now i think and he plays with mark and don and everyone else all the time and our next league that's going to be starting will in fact be using 10th edition so if you're in the local area and you haven't decided to try out before feel free to stop by at any store um ask around People will gladly answer and talk about the league because it's a great way to. For those end. of
0: you not, kind of quick way to describe it: each of the play at a local store, play on a regular basis, and that they take the top from that RTT, and then the top and there's a solid like five or six
1: stores that's going on that participate. And yeah, if you if you're local, like I said, and you want to participate in the Arizona League, there's a there's a Facebook for it a lot of the store discords you'll have people that know about it and are willing to pass on information and yeah that was a quick little quip on our local league where i came in third overall yeah um our my necron opponent um jacob wagner i've played him every single league finals, and i've lost to him every single time in a resounding defeat (laughs) sketch your number just,
0: yep just every single time i've got the i mean he's just a lucky orc. no it's the same thing he just kind of i think in the three games i played justin if you add them together just, i don't know what the heck happens and uh but then i play the past justin so one of these days <laughs> But yes
2: hey listeners this is raymond with the extreme honest podcast here to talk to you about kr cases if you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your uh, armies then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models and if you when you order They come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com, and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus Podcast.
1: Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro-Nom-Nom-Nom-Nom-Nom, to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with another book of the Lovecraft Cocktail. So they're from reddukegames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp, or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play indie so if you're looking for fanciful drinks go ahead and grab the lovecraft cocktails by the madmen at reddukegames.com the makers of the Necro nom, nom
2: are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint do paint brushes spontaneously combust when you hold them if either of these is true contact white crow studios and get your models painted by a college trained professional painter you can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.
1: Now we can go back to our regularly scheduled programming of 10th edition stuff. I don't know where to start here.
0: Let's go back in time a little bit. So the week was a, a little. little slow of uh, Warcom up but the probably the juiciest one was that on Friday, which looking back earlier in the what was actually released earlier in the week that we saw f- a look at the wing tyranid prime yeah it was a wing tyranid prime it's basically what we're looking at a bargain uh high flying high fire and it's a cool looking model but i was a little confused where's the rest of the unit i thought we'd be getting shrike uh does not seem to be the case uh, okay um we did not get any stat lines we just got moving on. but i would
1: assume that a new shrike model would be down the line because the, the one thing that they did mention in the overall stream, everything, is every single codec will be getting a new model. So
0: pretty exciting stuff, and which, which codices are coming up for us? Yep,
1: yep, we will. So they also did initially cover, before the big reveal, of how gambits and missions work in the new match play of 40k. So for those of you that have played, um, obviously in the Grand Tournament, scene we have our books that have predetermined missions and you pick secondaries and all of the other good tactical stuff for those of you that want something a little more dynamic um you could go back and play eighth edition and play maelstrom of war that was fun open up with domination assassinate and something else that you can't achieve on the first turn Or in or ninth edition, how they did the Tempest of War cards, where out of three decks, you flip over one, it's how you set up the deployment. The second one is the general mission rule, how you play your game. Then the third card is the primary mission, usually something like a take and hold kind of thing where it's just stand on a button, get points, and then you guys roll off for attacker-defender. I don't know the exact order, but you guys roll off for attacker-defender, and then the attacker got a specific set of secondaries, I believe, and then the defender also got them, unless that was a change specific.
0: That's a specific change in the 10th. Yeah, with Tempest of War, the um, yeah you don't get the annoying um, maelstrom. So if you're the Necron Manifest, what they basically did is they took every non- uh, codec-specific, secondary, and made it secondary. I actually use this behind the practice. That way I'm learning what my, which secondary is better. And how I can defend poorly is I know what I'm supposed to do, but I have no idea what my opponent's doing. Then I'm like, huh, I scored 83 Why well, I got 90. Learning how to stop your opponent. So yeah, the 10th edition version, they have specific attacker-defender cards, allegedly. But they also added a nice do-wrinkle bit which I had heard rumblings about, talk about it, so now I'm like, ah. Yep, so the with the way that works is player,
1: at it's not clear if, if the two decks are going to be specific for each other. Like, the secondaries are different for each other, so attacker has specific sets, the defender has specific sets, but the way the article initially talks about it is the gambit deck is identical for each person. So what the gambit does is after Battle Round 3 happens, both players can choose if they want to give up the primary way of scoring, so like normal take and hold kind of stuff, and go for an all-or-nothing play, which generally people would think, oh, hey, this is the the catch-up mechanic where if you're behind by a whole bunch of primary but you're dominating on secondary, this is a way for you to get back into the primary game or in the case of like more aggressive use if you're so far ahead on primary you only want to worry about secondaries for a minute you could take a gambit to only focus on your secondaries and then come back and try to score the rest of the primary at the end of the game so it's like a deck of three cards one of them gets discarded at random and then you pick is effectively how it works so the, the
0: go ahead eric no it's saying like one of them is a fake out card so it's like our gambit is we're gonna and mm-hmm. we're, we're not so yeah at that point
1: it's a like a huzzah Whereas the other one, for instance, is like orbital strike coordinates, where at the end of the f- end of your fifth turn, if one or more units from your army that are not in a battle shock state, so aka fail morale test, are wholly within nine inches of a corner of the battlefield. And now there's no definition of that yet, which I would assume is just table quarters at this point. And those units are not within your own deployment zone. You roll 2d6. You add one to the result for every other corner of the battlefield that has one or more units from your army wholly within nine of it, excluding um, guys who are broken or that are currently fighting. If you roll a 12 or more, you score 30 victory points just outright. So you get two turns worth of prime. So,
0: needless to say, this got a question. Um, On the one hand, I do like the idea things didn't go as planned, or, oh, your army does what now? oh i don't have a chance to pivot this game is over i bias will just stop playing oh wait then worse so instead we kind of flop through the game and then talk it out which um a couple of i've i forgot who said it but i'm still and then we start the charity phase of the game enough victory points to make me feel better about losing but i don't. not enough this is another yeah. opportunity where i go yeah well that didn't really work out so i'm gonna go for this and i still stand the chance of possible
1: like the The orbital straight coordinates one that they showed off is an example of something that's really hard to pull off because if you're wholly within nine of a table corner, if it specifies the actual corner, that's a lot of distance to cover on a five foot long table. If you're fast army, okay, you can do it, but you have to be outside your deployment zone. So if we're playing hammer and anvil, you can only be in two corners, which means you have to roll a 10. On 2d6 at the end of the game. If we're doing search and destroy, you can be in three corners, which means you have to roll a nine. Well, what if we bring back the weird, this is totally not the Brazil flag deployment zone (laughs) where you get ambushed? That one, you can roll an eight effectively, given you can get out of your deployment zone. Or you can not roll, you'd have to roll a hard 12 (laughs) if you were the guy on the outside of the deployment zone. But overall the the gambit is something that can make game overall flavorful because if you sit there and you think through the last two turns of the game and go I do this he does that I do this he does that in response and the the back and forth trade and you do the predictable math sometimes you can really get downtrodden about not being able to catch up because you failed one secondary one time this this
0: can definitely swing things back into, I can do it, but I have to play this. Interesting enough, I think one of the things that I admit, it's not the apocalypse. They had it right a while ago <clears throat> where you could only, the thing that I think they never fixed was, there ne- were never secondary objectives. Their primaries, they're worth the same amount of points, so you could win on secondary. It's like with this way the mission deck is going, there are now only two secondary. And it even says there are... V- uh, different formats where you have they're fixed for the entire game drawing so right off the bat that primary is actually secondary these days addition also i've noticed that all the victory points are back to five for primary mm-hmm. it's not going to be primary plus a uh, primary add-on so it tells me that the gambit's actually going to be weighing a little bit more in that i have to be able to play primary if i don't play primary i got to. well
1: the other thing that could be said about the fact that one they're upping the primary points from four to five and also their introduced these gambits, is they could potentially get rid of the points cap. So you could have people potentially scoring 120 points or something during the entire game because they were just dominating on primary and had really, really aggressive secondaries. But that's neither here nor there because if you're... If you and your opponent are playing like a, a really close game, the score should never be something like a hundred and ten to fifteen, unless your opponent literally just forgot half their army in deep strike and lost it on turn three. <laughs> right,
0: and you know, let's just get out of hand. But uh, long story short, people are really excited about this, both positive. I don't think this article gave enough. To, um, I would say if you haven't picked up the Tempest of War deck at your local game store and you intend on playing pretty often between now state, we still don't have an exact date, but it's sometime in, um, I would recommend doing so. And uh, this will get you well prepared for the new 10th edition style, and then we'll make the tweaks from there. But mm-hmm. uh, the gambits, as they say in e- multiple times, they're meant to be Hail Marys. They're not meant, oh, I'm down by five. Let me do the gambit in auto. Uh, no, it's meant to. Uh, all right, let me let me try this. I have a chance. Nope, didn't work out that way. Okay, I had a sh- yep. So now that we covered everything before the reveal party at 1 a.m. Actually, one more thing I just want to cover real quick. Oh, ha. Sorry about that. Uh, change in the board size. There was a mentioned comment section, and everybody started to freak out. Um, yes, if you play 1,000-point games, you now uh, strike force games at 2,000 points remain on field. And on slots now, still on a 44 by 90. So, if you play a thousand point games, that's a huge change. It makes it viable and uh, also makes uh, you don't have to make separate standard size stuff. Just was too dumb. That's a fair point. I did forget about
1: that because I'm used to not playing small scale games. And if I do, it's for demonstrations, Right. which is okay, I have this many models, this many models. Okay, you play the better army so you can actually win at the demo.
0: Yeah, little stuff like that, or just hey, what's a guy? So yeah, so take a breath, and um, as we found out and later revealed, uh, there's a lot more changing. Little subtle things that are starting to. Want to get into the um the great one a.m. uh showing? Oh yes, my my rambling
1: motor has already gotten going. Clearly. Okay. So, at this point, we are going to start out with them actually talking about what's inside this gosh darn big box. That comes with every edition. Uh, it comes with a whopping total of 72 miniatures. The special edition core rulebook, which is an actual number of 392 pages. And also it comes with a Space Marine transfer sheet. Ooh. And the, Levi- the special edition Leviathan mission deck. So it's basically just a deck of cards with the Tyranid face on them from the looks of it. Definitely. Yes. Basically, it's here's our fancy art stuff. Like it's space, it's a terminator on one side, a Terminator on the other. And the 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 core rulebook is laid out a little differently as they described it. So the big fancy rule book still comes with the annoying black ribbon that gets caught in everything. But the, the way it's described is the first half of the book, just like normal, is all of the art and all of the lore. And the core rules, once you get to a point are something like 60 pages worth of something like that. But each of the rules will be referenced by a page number. So you can actually look up the rules numbers and know exactly what page to go to to find shooting at a character or pile-ins, consolidation, all this other stuff, which makes it super handy for people to not have to dig around for a rule for 15 minutes. That Happens to be in the margin of some lore part of of the rule book,
0: yeah. It's actually quite initially surprised. I thought, we, but then when I talked about how they've laid it out, it's like, okay, looks like this, but yeah, the delaying, yeah, finding, telling how many times. I'm like, I know it's a matter of finding, and it
1: does, in fact, then sh- separate the narrative rules into their own section for the crusade stuff. So, yes, crusade is still existent in 40k. For all the narrative folks, and it's going to be a grand old time. But yeah, like we've kind of mentioned occasionally on other episodes of the podcast, the Crusade rules are going to not be in the Codexes anymore. They are specifically going to be in their own supple. So like the first Crusade book that they're talking about is the tyrannic war so the, it's centered around the fourth tyrannic war against the remnants of high fleet leviathan so
0: i think that'd be kind of fun i think and also i think chapter well how many copies of competitive stuff received things for selling focus there so uh, besides also it was very that that's like okay here are my here are my army rules here are my sub factions no yeah so going through the articles where it talks
1: about the actual rule book description it is 60 pages for just the core. So there might be some extended pages for match play specific things versus narrative. So that's where that number 60 came from. And now let's get to like the super cool actual minis, because, you know, that's what everybody wants this box for, right? Um, so we got the Snoozeville of the Space Morans.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. So we have a new Captain Terminator armor. He has the mightiest of tactical rocks as he actually has a tactical skull. It's a, of a screamer killer.
0: Yeah, yeah. That actually I was pretty cuz he's kind of a cross terminator captain. And
1: then we have the terminator librarian that they already showed off. And everyone needs another lieutenant. What? So yeah, this is a Phobos lieutenant with a with a combi flamer and some makeshift armor because he's been there for a long time. And we have a new apothecary. It's a Gravis Apothic, the the bio, the biologist. So he's carrying around like a stasis chamber for something. Uh, yeah, he's after your genes probably, Yeah, or a Tyranid head, who knows. But probably also comes with an extra wound because he is Gravis armor. That was a noticeable thing that they pointed out. So he's a little chunkier. And it comes with 10 Terminators from looking at the big pictures. One, two, three, four, five. Nope, it just comes with five Terminators. Cool. And then it comes with a whole bunch of the new Stern guard veteran who Yeah, I was shocked to see these. I thought these doubt and legend. Oh, they're back. Yep. And they are noticeably wearing different pieces of armor. Like someone mentioned like a Mark Seven helmet, which I have no idea which one that is. But yeah, they're they're definitely primary size now and they walk around with at least one (laughs) Meltagun, one combi plasma what looks like a heavy bolter. And the Black Tars, the, not the Black Tars, the Black Templars finally decided to share their Astartes Flamers for the Infernus squad that you get in there. So yeah, there's a big brick of them, which they actually do give a small data sheet of the Infernus squad. So the they come with bolt pistols and the Pyre Blasters, which ignores cover and has torrent, which I'm assuming kind of reasoning that Torrent is just automatic hit weapons of 12 inches, d6, attacks, no ballistic skill. So yeah, automatically hits its target, probably. Strength 5, no AP, one damage, and a close combat weapon. Whoop-diddly do. Nothing crazy. They also have those special rule of purge the foe. So in the shooting phase, after this unit has shot, you can select one enemy infantry unit that hit by one or more of the, those attacks made with a pyre blaster. The enemy unit must take a battle shock test, so you can scare tactics people with flame.
0: Which is very interesting because that just opens up a lot of strategic play. You know, in terms of okay, we're what's your OC? What's my OC? We're tied. Hit them with battle shock because then your OC would drop to zero. That sounds. I like what that opens up.
1: And then we get the first hit of nostalgia. Y'all remember the boxy lead dreadnought from ye old days. He's now in a Redemptor chassis uh, with the Ballistus dreadnought. So he is slightly smaller than his Redemptor brethren of only being 12. But he is toughness 10. So there's a nice bracket to show that things like war dogs and dreadnoughts are going to be anywhere between toughness 10 and 12. And he is the classic long range dreadnought. He comes with a pair of last cannons and missile launcher. And interesting and, profiles on those gut weapons. Yeah, the, the Ballistus missile launcher just like before you pick a profile to shoot with. And it is a blast weapon. So there's, I'm assuming that the blast weapon still exists. So you can't shoot it into combat. And the crack missile is two shots hitting on threes, strength, 10 AP two D six damage. And the last cannon is two shots hitting on threes of strength, 12 AP three D six
0: plus one damage. That's new. That's new. So it's finally back up in the, uh, a little bit to the big leagues there still a little worried about the d6 bigger i kind of prefer three plus one yeah D3 three plus three yeah yeah the the
1: guaranteed either four or six damage
0: better but whatever you know maybe that's it's if everybody else has that same and we do actually
1: have our first instance of a bracketing rule on the ballista's dreadnought
0: yeah that was interesting Um go ahead and read it because i I have a, a thought so if it is
1: so it's damaged one to four wounds remaining so it's not a track just like how larger vehicles are of where it's here's this one then this one then that one it's damaged one through four while this model has one to four wounds remaining each time this model makes an attack it is always minus one to hit so it goes from hitting on it retains hitting on threes until it is
0: sick like 60 percent dead so the good news is basically the middle brackets, but the brackets when you degrade. My biggest, I wish they had just done a two-sided card. So a card?
1: Yeah, so modifiers still exist. So if you have a way to ignore modifiers, this doesn't change your ballistic skill. It's a modifier to your hit. So if you have a way to make a walker, an actual walker keyword, ignore to hit modifiers, it will hit on three. So I think that's why they made something like a last cannon d6 plus one whereas two shots from last cam before okay it's either eight or 12 eight or 12 damage so it could never one shot a redemptor dreadnought in this case if you roll a one it's still two if you roll a six it's seven so that's nine damage it instantly puts a ballista dreadnought
0: into the damage state but it lets you play with your toys so that part is actually reassuring so that that part that's well Brought out. Yeah, they could. And that's, of course, tech. Um, It was an interesting, yeah, profile. The other interesting ability I saw in there, which I'm not sure or explanation, but if it's shooting at it that is still above half strength to hit. Oh, the ballista strike. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically, I
1: know, like, for instance, taking current custodes as a reference for their um Avenge the Fallen stratagem. If you take a five man squad of anyone and you avenge the fallen and when you lose one dude they all get an extra attack so they make up for the one guy that's as soon as two are gone out of a five man squad you lose four attack spaces but as soon as you get down to two out of five now those last two guys get two attacks added on back to their attack characteristics, so they turn into little captains but you have to be under you have to be under starting strength well, under half of your starting strength which is why you never really see like six man units of anyone out in custodians outside of warden where okay i'm at eight i go down to four i'm now down to three these guys can still rock anything that they go into combat with right okay so it's that it's that kind of idea for below half strength but just flat out re-rolling the hit roll that's yeah that's gnarly i mean it's only like either
0: two or a random number of shots but that's wild so we'll talk a little bit more about blast weapons later in the show yeah this dreadnought's pretty solid yep and he is one of my favorite models in the box he's so boxy he's so derpy yeah. i love it and that's the nice thing about this box every single what's lying
1: yep and now we get to the cooler part of the box yeah the, the kind that eats things
0: yeah the nids are uh, pretty solid so we've already talked about prime so
1: we we're gonna start right here in nostalgia town but from the blisters dreadnought to the <laughs> the forever loved screamer killer model this boy is massive. <laughs> so, oh yeah, he is. He is glorious. So they do also give a minor data sheet. Obviously not the entire thing for the Screamer Killer. But this boy moves 8 inches. He is fast for a big boy. But he's also toughness 9. A 2-up save, 10 wounds, leadership 8. So Clearly, Tyranids don't have the greatest leadership on some of their big bugs, but if this guy stands on an objective, he counts as three bodies. And his first, his only ranged weapon currently shown is a bioplasmic scream, which is assault, so he can advance and shoot it. Yay. It's also blast of 18 inches, D6 plus three attacks, hits on fours, Strength eight, AP two, one damage.
0: That's that's something I like. I was surprised at the. I was really surprised. Wow. So especially the way the it look like in the cinematic, very much like a. I'm going to shoot you before I charge. They got an extra one or two.
1: Well, yeah, because you can scream from 26 inches away because he moves eight inches and just go. Hey, look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Distraction, current effects,
0: and he can advance. We already oh, know yeah. no modifiers. One assault weapon,
1: and his melee weapon is where it gets real, real juicy. So his talons make. Ten attacks, yeah. ten of these things. They hit on threes at strength ten, AP two, and flat
0: three damage.
2: <laughs> and I,
0: these things are gnarly; they are gnarly. And I couldn't. Believe, well, they're not going to be able to. We have strength ten. Get over it. You know, um. yeah, you're
1: you're picking up marines on twos. <laughs> so the the rule, the other rules that he has is he has death deadly demise one. So obviously he has death throws, just like monsters always did. And then the synapse rule, which we don't exactly know for Tyranids, because I can't remember if they talked about it or not. No, they so but they has death scream. So in the shooting phase, after this model has shot, you select one unit by one unit hit by one or more of those attacks. This unit makes a Battleshock test at minus. So terror tactics again, party game. I want to get your uh, reaver marines ready because if I remember them talking about battle tests, it was you had to roll above your leadership correct so yeah at that point taking into effect that he has leadership eight if you're sh- screaming at another screamer killer um your your opponent has to roll a a nine or higher on 2d six to pass leadership at that point other yeah that's because if battle shock you have to roll equal to or over then it's you're fine i can't remember that article exactly but i mean i'm gonna probably get the rulebook anyway to read it for like so moving on to the first new new model um y'all complained about the hive tyrant wings so much they just turned them into a floating brain carrier
0: of a neuro tyrant (laughs) is the thing that vaporized originally thought of the malentai uh not the case i guess upgrade to those who guys sky and side are kind of like the silent uh call years years yeah Yeah. yes wow yeah so the way
1: they actually explain it is that the hive tyrant whether he's walking or winged, is the assault general he's the one that goes into the lines and attacks people directly a neuro tyrant is the keyboard warrior who sits on the back and goes man i'm gonna type bad comments about this restaurant and how the (laughs) marines taste bad that that kind of thing so it's a psychic variant of a of a hive tyrant that lets you um, have a psychic-based army instead of an assault, and along with him, we have the first one of the mo one of the new forms of Gaunts called the Neuro Gaunts. These things are blind little dogs, is the way I like to call them, and as they come in like a box of a let. There's eleven of these things in the box set, so they're. Essentially, a giant unit of crypto thralls is the way I'm going to think of them because they get benefit. They get benefits if they stay within synapse range of something. And the other thing that was how interesting, they was- yeah,
0: they also explained it that they're there to protect. They'll get in the way of bullets. So it's mm-hmm. already like, wow. All right, Gaunt. I thought that's what and did anyway but now they have the, they're almost like they cultists i don't type people but yeah they're they're tinier gaunts they're smaller painted up there's a lot more exposed flesh and like i said they're kind of blind but the idea is that they just kind of shots their action monkeys i don't know they're they're it's a very interesting model it's just, just trying to get a wrapper
1: yep and the box set comes with the wing tyrant and then the von ryan's leapers so this is the reason why they discontinued the Death Leaper model, because they made these things. It's a unit of three of these things, and they're cool and all, but I've never been a fan of little sneaky bugs. I like my Monster mesh. And then we get a whole bunch of Termagants, which do come with updated Ripper Swarms, so blah. And then the one of the last two models that they show off, like brand new to the range, are the Barb... Gaunts. Yeah, I
0: didn't these fi- things are gnarly looking. Yeah, because I when I saw them in the video, the cinematic trailer, I thought cavalry and that's completely wrong. They're actually gone. Another living organ guns them together. Yeah, so if
1: you guys ever see the models, these guys walk on th- they they walk on three legs, maybe two if they're lucky enough to balance enough. And then they have two arms holding up this weird parasitic creature that looks like a missile launcher. And they they Refer to these guys as anti infantry artillery, not anti vehicle, so it's probably like flamers or lots of shots kind of thing. And Apparently then, very like, short range, too, is what they oh, yeah, to. something like maybe 12 18 inches at most. <laughs> and then, the last new model is the craziest looking thing ever of the psychophage, yeah, that thing's wild <laughs> like, bro, how big of a mouth did you have to make this thing? And it's got out? that
0: weird, like, similar to like the Reaper strain vampire, yeah, it just it's, it's kind of like a long. Goes along the long latitude as opposed to a wide. This thing is bizarre looking, but it's so. Yeah,
1: and it's got like biomass smokestacks. This thing is just like, it's strange. I'm not really sure what it does though. I like, got. Well, the, the short explanation that they talked about it is the psychophage effectively it can eat any biomass and then it would generally produce some kind of buff off of it, like maybe a D6 table or something. But it specifically does like hunting psychers and would probably end up generating better or more buffs if it devoured something like a librarian or a warlock or something. And yeah, that's the entirety of the Leviathan Box.
0: Which was also, unfortunately, the entirety of a rather abrupt haul, and it was a bit mired by some technical difficulties. Specifically, Adam's mic, I don't know if it was on or what was going on. It was very hard to hear Adam, uh, whereas Eddie, you got like half the story, but you got both. So the preview is over, there's a few other. The other... That's kind of it. And I have to admit, at that point, I'm of- morning. And then they pulled the, do you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's- All right.
1: And at the end of the stream, I know I got excited earlier because they showed off some of the art in the core book. And I, I spied someone in gold armor fighting a it. Like, it was a big deal because it wasn't Trajan. Um, but they showed us the initial roadmap. Up to the spring of 2024. And
0: it's a whopping nine books. Nine books that close together. It's there They flat out are these books. And which is they've never done. Pressure's on.
1: I hope they can deliver. So for those of you that have not seen the preview yet. Or haven't read the article. In actual schedule. Summer 2023 is Leviathan. So 10th edition comes out in summer of this year. Which is only a few months away. And in autumn of this year. We have Tyranids and space marines no surprise because they're in the start box and at the end of the year we have admec and necron i remember this uh, this release happening in eighth edition they made admec and necrons come out together and then spring the last five books that they showed off no specific order is dark angels orcs the best book ever
0: adeptus custodes tau and chaos space and they did specifically say as robert alluded to earlier Everything on that list.
1: Yeah, which is why I'm excited that even if it's a new character, I only need one of it. Oh man, new custodian, another janitor for the ranks.
0: Exactly. So uh, it's interesting because I was talking to Ray about this during the week. Uh, He's super excited about it. Robert, excited about this. I'm a little tepid. Wait a minute. That's spring. Holy cow. That that's what happened to the rapid rollout. Um, guess it's not going have to happen. Going to have halves and have nots of who has a codex and who has a month.
1: Yeah, and that is definitely something that, even though I am excited for Custodes coming out in first quarter of next year, that then takes out. Th- this proves that one space marine sub chapters are special are getting their own codexes. So blood angels, space wolves, death watch are still. And am I forgetting one? Space wolves, dark, and- dark angel, dark I- races. Dark Angels, Space Wolves, Blood Angels, Death Watch. Yeah, no, that was the only four like super special ones, right? Black Templars. All of the other... Ah, yes, Black Templars. So those five, Black Templars are iffy because I know they've been in and out of the core Space Marine book for a while. They're each going to get their own codex because they're that special. Whether or not they do that for everyone is up to be seen. But ha- that means there's still a whole bunch of books that have to come out from the summer of 2024. And we don't know how the release schedule is going to look after the spring. They might pick up pace a little bit. We don't know. Don't know.
0: They also sold a few of the card, Whether which are the, the deck of cards. They didn't actually show the actual, but um, these are all the decks that are. There's some interesting things in there because there are no separate Scar, Iron Hand, Bat. Those guys are still Space Marine Codex, whereas mm-hmm. Dark Angels guys
1: do get the... Yeah, and because of that, that means, okay you buy one set of cards that set of cards will be used for your book it'll probably have the same primary cards but maybe it'll just have different secondaries and different gambits so a much smaller deck to buy than the entire data card
0: pack yeah I mean now we're getting into speculation which they they didn't really talk much about at all with books looking yeah. at the screenshot um, interesting no Harlequin and uh, faction not so I guess they're gonna stay but the other thing I did not did with eighth and ninth so or not uh, how are you going to get it? think the forge world unit's going to be part of the deck or I don't know it's going to be a free download We have no idea yeah that if we don't know about
1: the if we don't know about the forge world update I mean it's probably going to be updated hopefully from the start of 10th edition at least then yeah I am going to be really sad because that will take away all of well take away my caladiuses and my Telemon dreadnoughts and everything else but at the same time I'll understand why they're not there because sometimes Forge World stuff just needs to be rebalanced a little bit farther. That happens
0: out. That um, good news is uh, new releases like will getting their own deck of cards. It will remain um, interesting. You know, it's like okay, and these all these decks will of cards day one.
1: So no one will be left behind in that moment because of the fact that you'll be able to play your faction specific cards from the get go. Sure armies that don't have their codecs as sooner won't be able to use all of their like updated stratagems and whatnot or update data sheets but you'll still be able to at least get used to the new way to play match play instead of happening to do what eric had to deal with and play with a freaking third edition codex. well fifth edition codex in seventh edition.
0: So yeah, it's a little bit better than that, yes. And for all we know, they may do, if you remember back in updates, the codex isn't coming out for a while. So here are three strata tryout, did that for a while. So in the balanced data slates, if they're gonna get, maybe that's something where here are, here's a second detachment that have come out. Your codex plate variety. right from my understand the the code attachments and then that each attachment has strat. Yep
1: and with that that's basically the entirety of the preview and everything else that they talked about yep which it's going to be a big deal because if
0: it drops in june um i believe atlantic city open is in june right i'm trying to get as much information as possible tfg radio which is the judges uh from flg and they're kind of on the fence as well they actually made a funny joke well don't you guys get actually that's kind of a i don't even well i I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it as a TO, the good new run, uh, enough events, download codes for the app. Not the, the um, We'll see what happens. I know from my event plans, I
1: have scrubbed the idea of going to Lone Star Open. It's just too expensive. But there's something a little bit closer, and that's the the Rage GT out in Reno that I'll be going to, which is on July 1st which means I will most likely be going potentially the first or second major event with 10th edition rules, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
0: So if you could not make it to England and... um... You probably read in one of the previews that you get a chance to try out 10th edition interest. So if you're willing to brave the three and a half hour line to do that round, um, you got a great experience They were a preset army, uh, they're very much scaled back. It's got one squad of a squad of dreads, whereas the uh, the screamer killer as well. Now mm-hmm. thankfully, our good friends over at Auspex Tactics comp- compiled several video. Uh check it out. But we learned quite a bit. expect tweak, Robert. Do you want me? Yeah, because I actually didn't catch that video, so I'm completely in the dark. Oh, all right. So Robert mentioned earlier that the uh, frag grenade, uh, a frag missile option on the dreadnought blast. Did the blast rules change? Yes. How many models in the unit? For every five models in the attack, just one attack. Ah, so instead of having to go,
1: okay, you're at six dudes, so I get minimum three. You're at eleven
0: dudes, I get maximum shots max whatever that is yeah now is that do i get max what is it? it's much simpler that's something that's in the game uh second key thing overwatch has changed it's much uh, universal and this is a throwback to the horse hairs so how many times does this happen never in that i want to line up a charge What i'm going to do is i'm going to move my units so they're about 1.1 and then i'm going to stop psychic powers and then i'm going and you just like uh, he's not going to fail this charge damage nope guess what if i finish my move stratagem for over still hitting on sixes but now you get to shoot back so it's very much like the
1: reactions that in horus heresy has where you move you're within a certain thing you can re like and Age of sigmar has this too where you can
0: redeploy like d6 inches or your movement or whatever and be like yeah no. <laughs> right supposedly you're going to be seeing a lot of now one thing to be aware of we're going to have there are cards there are the data cards you play strike force and onslaught hump and combat. so combat sometimes adds because they know that the big bugs aren't around 500 so sometimes there's a leak we'll say this model has this ability not strike but there's some ambiguity with that one of the big ones termogon yeah making them especially a nuisance in low scoring games correct so i don't know if that's a low five big low count yeah uh other key uh interesting one i misread it i'm actually a little bit excited about this because not only is it an intra tactical, but it's also a hobby operator so we all play when we play objectives when i say object pancakes that's uh, right a f-
1: a 40 millimeter circle that exists on the ground floor and can't
0: be inside of a building okay we're gonna take that a step further that 40 millimeter disc in the middle of the object objective is actually a terrain piece and you cannot step on it wow so now, if you got a couple of Terminator bases lying around, you might want to start hobbing them up. My so you can't blop your knight on top of the objective and go, my base blocks. There's no objective. Yeah, that that's actually a big thing. Like holy bonkers!
1: <laughs> I'm making up words at this point. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really big deal because that means if your opponent has a 40 millimeter base, 40 millimeter bases are an inch and a half wide. That means you can't heroically intervenes straight across the objective. You can't charge across the objective. You have to go around. Therefore, making charges and heroic interventions either failable or not achievable. Correct. That That's actually
0: big. It's yeah. a big change. And so these two other changes will make the game feel bigger and, uh, by. Them. So Ray has said several about what's that was way back when in second edition which made tier the scourge when they first came out okay they were not was that you could consolidate. So they have learned to control that a little bit because otherwise you had this go you are like checkers so you just kind of hop over all your so apparently consolidations are going away. So all that practice with my harlequins last summer properly pinch uh, units in place so they can't fall back and all all that's going away. The extra movement you get for charging, or the whole thing of I charge two models this way and then I daisy chain them so when they consolidate I hop on one of your object. All that's you charge and it's other change in here. Supposedly the engagement rules are real such. A charge, you have to So no more of this ending a quarter
1: inch quarter of an inch away, so that way you get three inches of pile in to go around. Correct. So that probably means that for Taking gene sealers, for instance the the hugging monsters that they are, you charge in one guy ends base to base, the other guys can still spaced out, and from the sounds of it, pylons are still there, so at that point, the rest of them would get to go whatever the distance is going to be, but they have to probably end within base-to-base
0: of another model to probably attack at that point. Something to that effect. So that's one of the reasons why you, all, all of a sudden, why, why do these profiles, everybody has more attacks? Because you're getting... Second thing that's happening is if you wipe out the squad, then you get a consolidation move. I don't know. Randoms, maybe. I don't know. that, that The interesting thing is it's back towards the closest enemy model, or an object Solidate. consolidate, you can object. Or if your opponent ended up dazing chaining something away and
1: that buff to that unit was really really important they like a like a dummy let you be closer to objective you go because i know my my lord's terminators have something like that but it specifies that you have to you can consolidate towards the closest character instead of the unit that you're fighting so you if you wanted to go all right i hit this unit it's neutered i don't need to stay here uh, I'm gonna go towards that character so you don't get to attack me. I could do that.
0: Yeah. So there's all kinds of, but it's so the, a lot of the extra movement. The other stuff, as I mentioned, attack profiles seem to be a little bit higher because the engagement shock assault, for example, in their um, profiles, but only certain marines get it. Uh, heavier, like the gravis guys, but shoot. They're not gonna. So don't upload. Um, probably be something like vanguard veterans with their
1: jump packs and right. Like, more aggressive style units would probably...
0: So, start CP, Um, the reroll is still there, that that command, but that's apparently can't... Supposedly starting zero, which everybody kind of freaked out about, and they did clarify, Uh, which are relic, do not cost command. Oh, so it's the chapter command treatment, so everyone just pays points for it. Now. They didn't... Yeah, that's the one thing, is, well, are they points then? And third, um, no one's real sure on that. But the idea that you still gain, I gain one, your phase, your command, that's... Uh oh, uh fighting order. It's real simple. If you charged, you fight first. Other than that, everybody fights no longer fights last the idea is <clears throat> is that in close combat it's so everybody gets to swing, everybody gets to like be ran into with the vehicle. But at the end of the fight phase we
1: neither Yeah, that's um that's gonna be real fun because if the if there's no longer a point to interrupting, that will literally mean that assault armies like world Ears, like custodians like harlequin all that if you literally go i'm going to set up all these charges i fight all of you first you don't get to interrupt that is huge if they can actually make all those charges and wipe out like doing it all at
0: once right so we don't know whether the interrupt stratagem is still around or maybe that's what it does uh we that we don't know but the point is the idea i'm just pound on or the whole i think mean, all that's going away each other but he also, you know, who goes first, it doesn't lie. Even if, um, like, unit on the left flank to assault first. And again, it's my turn. I don't remove the model. That part's a little murky. I'd be curious to see how this out. But it sounds so
1: it, because there was a, a little bit of a, a cutoff there in mm-hmm. the middle of your sentence. So it's charging, all the chargers get to fight first. Slap, 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 slap. And then the person who didn't charge just fights afterwards with all of their models still there.
0: No. Um so what happened. Yeah, that a... The chargers would no. charge. Yeah, they would swing first and you'd pick up your I think at that but Oh, but it's the people who
1: fight at the same time get to fight with all of their models. Fight with all the Oh man. Oh
0: man. Bricks terminators, you're a go. <laughs> yeah. So interesting how this is all gonna play out. Uh blast a lot oh uh space marines do have a strategy. Interesting. Okay, that's what it does. There's a strategy. Of what exact nation we're not really probably gonna be something like ignoring battle shock modifiers or something maybe That's exactly kind of what it is now combat attrition is unaffected so that could i'm so.
1: going to assume no because i'm going to go watch the video after this
0: that was pretty much it so if you have if you have a chance if i missed anything uh let me know but those were my bad as well that robert was talking gw yeah very interesting uh discussion in terms of how the new game will play it's the whole idea that consolidations are gone and exception of wipe all those extra how much time i spent practice with my mom not gonna... yeah like,
1: that's also going to be a big thing for, for me because like, right now I have a humongous bias for playing shooting armies. My knights, for instance, they, like the, the round I had with S- Necrons on Saturday would have been a, a very different feeling game if they didn't get to pile in and consolidate as much as they did because they wouldn't have been able to tag as many knights as they did on their like, second turn. So then I would have been able to do more stuff. Potentially. Yeah. I probably still would have lost, but that's neither here nor there, and that's speculation. But what's well, interesting is um...
0: think about just moving around, because uh, mm. now you're like, I can't object. Of course, the objective you're building, can I get in and out of uh, those tight corners? That that definitely... Yeah,
1: given if they make knights able to walk over objectives just because they're so large, maybe that will make it so that way they don't get literally stuck between an objective and a hard place. But yeah, so... That definitely gives me a chance to, to hobby up some objective markers for
0: things. That's yeah, that's actually one of the things. So many hobby. Oh, so there we go. That's uh, an additional preview of dates throughout the week as we get. I think as um, they mentioned, I actually give us an exact June date, but as we're coming into May, um, faction- and I know
1: I said either last episode or the episode before, this month is when they're going to start talking about more of the Tiernan stuff. So we'll probably actually learn what Synapse does here in the next month. And then from there, it's just hoping and praying that we get to know exactly when 10th edition comes out so we can all panic buy a starter box or
0: something. (laughs) Uh, Other panic buy. I I keep putting this on my quick. So, uh, hey, um, Robert, planning on going to LVL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Chirp, 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 chirp. If we get a date for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no date, no venue. Do know that they are working on it. Contract Rio. Yeah, it was the Rio, yeah. Yep, yeah, has expired. So the only update we've heard from the Frontline, uh, the Sounds of the Frontline podcast is it's in, it's a work in progress debate. It'll be late January again for now, no date.
1: Ah, uh, yep, that's going to be rough if, they're, if we don't know when LVO is until later in in july because i think that's when the tail the tickets went up for sale last time is sometime in july so they have eta two and a half months to give us a day and a time and a venue i know a lot of folks including a lot of us people here on smite club they really wanted to go back to some place like bally's or someplace on the strip, and we'll just have to see what they figure out. Because are they gonna fall in line with what GW wants to do, or are they gonna continue being on their own drumline?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And a lot of questions. One thing I did look at GW a terrain that they were using. Granted, uh, big, what exactly are what is the new layout? No, you could say what the new terrain because some of their old terrain stick. Is now has a functional door, so they could be in a pretty good good shape. Uh, we don't have any data's pass, so I don't know. Like, uh, the- yep, if I don't get to go to Vegas that year, then
1: I'm indeed gonna be one sad boy because I'm gonna finish that display board
0: by like December if I can help it. whole <laughs> destination is a big okay, the games don't work out. I have other in town, so the idea being back, I didn't go out that much, but I last few times none of those, and on top of, we had to drive driving in Vegas. <laughs> Uh, and that was just on the highways and then getting Harry done So I know the things that I would like
1: to do in general if I went out to Vegas again and had no reason to do anything else uh, I know battle bots is out there yes um, I could go find this throwing axe place me and me and the girlfriend could probably go enjoy that and just throw axes at a wooden board all night and have fun with that but yeah it's definitely a, a toss up as long as LVO actually happens. And I'm probably going to end up doing something like raided where I, I army
0: downsized before then. I can tell you to bow out. But yes, the uh, BattleBot Res is not just the show tournament play. I don't know if it's still there, but Marvel, where they had a lot of movie props set up lock That was uh, Iron Man armor. And I know the one Tony Stark ones in the back. Really cool. There's a lot to do. And I'm more of a gambling option.
1: Yeah, just make sure you don't get lost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's i mean uh, you think it's uh if you're on the strip it's not that hard uh to f- uh find you but yeah for me okay it's time to get home how do i get from where i need to, to get back to my hotel way? that was that was a project yeah so i kind of hope they're they're back on but
1: otherwise i think that's that's pretty much what we all have for this week because there's no other preview i talked about the league tournament and then all the and we had all those previews and i'll post up my hobby stuff after the
0: episode so yeah yeah i think that's a pretty solid week there it's a very solid week uh with us and uh what to bring in so with further ado my name's eric i'm robert and thank you for listening